What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shona71, a.k.a. Digga Dulamite. Purple Black Black. Y'all. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 170 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, I got my partners in crime. First on deck, it's Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hair, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much as usual. Just uh, happy to be here talking to all you fantastic people about the things that we love, gaming, uh yeah just got back from vacation spent some time in the magic kingdom and had a blast it was so much fun really needed it you know after after a whole bunch of uh school work and whatnot so it was it was just a lot of fun so i'm just like super happy that i was able to get it done uh but yeah but i'm happy to be here i'm talking about the things we love which is gaming of course so uh yeah happy did you build a lightsaber i did it was so oh, cool. cool yeah and i got and of course i had to rep samuel what color i was about purple. to ask what color i had it to rep samuel i had to i had to rep him i got that purple bling bling y'all <laughs> got that purple bling bling y'all but i also bought um i also bought the blue one and uh green one as well so but i had to get the purple bling bling <laughs> i had to do it nice that, that's really like if I ever wind up ever going to Disneyland, that's kind of like the only thing I kind of want to do is like build a lightsaber. And I'm, and I'll, I just think that would actually be kind of fun. They're pretty fun and they're pretty big too. The, uh, you get a pretty, um, you get a pretty big one, um, which is kind of cool. Like you're, you, you literally make a giant, um, uh, it's a pretty big, uh lightsaber that you make so so i'm definitely happy with uh with what with what i bought or what what i made so i'm definitely excited for it and it's pretty heavy too like it's it's not it's definitely not a um a small um a small item um so it 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 has some heft to it which i thought was really kind of cool so it's definitely worth it if you're if you're a star wars fan and and you really want to get you know into it it's really worth it it's a lot of fun does it make sounds when you swing oh, yeah. around? Oh okay. yeah, and it and it and it you know when it you know it makes all the the sound effects when you um uh when you uh, uh like light it up and everything it lights up like a normal one and the whole ceremony for uh for 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 creating the lightsaber is really dope too so it's just a lot of fun it's just, it was just like like I'm doing it and I'm just like oh damn you know better than the build a bear workshop it is definitely better than the build a bear workshop dude. <laughs> Much to your chagrin, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, believe you me, I've been to the Build a Bear workshop plenty of times, unfortunately. So, no. <laughs> being a, a married or previously married to a, a Pokemon fan that wanted to have stuffed Pikachu's and other items galore, so. Well, this is definitely worth it. I think if you are a Star Wars fan, it's definitely worth it. And then Paul built a droid. And the droid actually is really cool because you can do different types of droids. 
So uh, with different chassis and whatnot. So he made a, a he made Dark an RT. Maul version. Uh, a droid. No, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, lightsaber. Dark Maul. Yes. Darth Maul light. Yeah, you could do a double lightsaber. Um, but only only if you um bought the replica of Darth Maul's. But but all the lightsabers that you make are single bladed. So. But it was really kind of cool. But Paul's Paul's um what he did was he he made a R2 unit. But it's you can make it all different. You can make it red or classic, white or blue, and the tops are all translucent, and it moves around and does all kinds of shit. So it's really fun. Um, he can chase the cats around if he wants. You know, if he wants to chase them around, he can, and you know he has. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> so it was just a lot of fun, and I definitely want to go back. I want to do a bit more uh, California Adventure stuff because I didn't really get to do too much of it. So. Uh, because we were only there for like one day for Disneyland, one day for um, for California Adventure. So I definitely would like to go again just to, you know, do more. Uh, just, just to do more. So, but it's definitely worth it if you haven't been there before. Yep. Cool, cool. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Also known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Uh, just uh, trying to relax on this beautiful Sunday evening. Trying to maximize my gaming dollar, but not spending my gaming dollars. There we go. That's how I'm, I'm maximizing it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, still, still rocking the, uh, you know, even though I, I'm beyond my 90 days, I've only, like, bought a few things and i did pick up king of fighters 14 i, I mean 15 so um I was on the fence on that one but uh saw it used and so i'm not you know giving snk my hard-earned dollar but still getting a chance to check it out so so i'm gonna choose to keep moderating and hammer my backlog so all right all right well that's cool so with that, we're going to move on to our first topic on the docket. And as always, it's going to be the playlist. All right, Jabroni Chief, why don't you run things, uh, start to kick things off this week. What you been playing? Yeah, I don't see, it seems like I'm in a little bit of a gaming rep, meaning I'm enjoying the Eaton's Fine with Destiny 2. Yeah, it's still it's still fine in Destiny 2. So it's it, in fact uh, a lot of the um, activities are taking more of my um, attention away from like trying to beat the Shadowkeep campaign and then working on the uh, Beyond Light uh, campaign. You know, after I beat the uh, main campaign, if need be, all the additional like seasonal content and whatnot. Because it's uh, Guardian Games time. I think I talked about this last time, but uh, Guardian Games is still running. And so there's like curated like Vanguard um, playlist, you know, and to be able to grab medals, uh, you know, good old fetch quest for Eva Levante. Fun, fun stuff on there. And then also Iron Banner rolled around this uh, weekend. So I was rolling some Iron Banner with Chase on Thursday during the game night. And, um, Pretty much, uh, that's what I've been doing. Doing some uh, gradual light level building on there. Um, you know, playing some Crucible still. Even was playing Crucible just a little while ago. On there, playing a little Banner. So. Banner. Yeah. Banner. 
still enjoying myself quite a bit. I took I took time. I took like about maybe 45 minutes to go and, and check out light.gg and take a look at the God tier rolls on certain things because I wound up with like, you know, uh, 10 of the same machine gun or not machine gun, uh, submachine gun on there because it just continuously dropped with this, uh, you know, Guardian Games, uh, the, you know, content galore where the same uh, submachine guns dropping. So I just wanted to make sure to go in, curate, look at the best roles, and, you know, obviously keep what I'm going to keep, uh, break apart what I'm going to break apart. And I don't want it to seem like a job. It's almost like, okay. I mean, I guess I could just uh, do it on my, like, you know, thoughts of the um, perks and whatnot, but I was doing a little research this time about it. So it's kind of cool. But, uh, you know, still continue to play Destiny 2. I'm thinking possibly i know i bought up the beyond light i'm trying to figure out where i'm gonna buy witch queen at and when i'm gonna buy witch queen so because it's like uh i know that the the current season that's running right now i think is due to be up i think in a couple weeks so i'm gonna have to either buy another season pass with the silvers or i might just decide to go whole hog but i'm just trying to decide what platform i am gonna be playing on on there you know i put put in like about 28 hours on steam so far playing destiny 2 on there so and so i do like playing on pc and so i'm just trying to decide between that and playing on playstation so trying to get an idea i do enjoy playing in front of my monitor you know sometimes it's just uh you know gaming in the same place i work 40 hours a week or 32 hours a week because i go in once a week but you know it's just it's a lot Hard way to go, you know. It's like this is my work area too. The same place I podcast from too. So it's like you know, mm. same place I eat my eat my dinner, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you That's know, I lot. got a dining room table and I'm I'm a bachelor over here. So you know, it's like you know, this is like my my hub. <laughs> so also uh, playing some Outriders, uh, just mainly playing with you, Kev. I haven't really done any. Um, playing with uh, randos or anything like that but uh um you know looking towards um right now what i'm trying to do i know i'm just kind of hanging out with you at level 41 40 whatever level you're at kev but uh just you know trying to get those resource uh, points on there and uh you know uh trying to grind away i know um, i'm pretty close with my pyromancer to gain the platinum trophy so i'm kind of Looking forward to popping that, and uh, you know, once that's done, then I want to go and see if I get to the eye of the storm. And you know, you know, I know there's some gear I might be looking at, but I I don't think, especially with the um, new content coming out end of June, that you know I'm not too worried about because you know you know how it usually is once once the uh, new content comes out that you got stuff above and beyond that you'd probably be able to you know get on there so we'll have to see but uh i know i know you're still playing a lot right kev it's probably the only thing you've been playing for the most part right yeah i'm trying i got a second piece of the um borealis uh, the borealis i have the boots and i have the pants i still need the headpiece which which gives you the uh the additional turret that has not dropped yet, so I'm still grinding away at uh, level seven missions. I'm actually at the level eight, 
but I know if I do level eight, then, then Tiago's prices are going to go up again. So I'm just trying to get that headpiece to drop in one of Tiago's uh, inventory uh, resets. And once I get it, then I can go ahead and start cranking up my uh, my tier level. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you got to do. Yeah, so I'm doing that. Plus, the, at the, right now with this current setup, I well, I got the the pants last night, and he's also got a pump shotgun that's pretty dope. I kind of want to get that, and he's also got a sidearm that I would not mind getting, even though I almost never use sidearms. So uh, definitely want to get the shotgun, and then after I get the shotgun, I'm going. I'm probably just going to. Uh, reset his inventory just so i can maybe get the <laughs> maybe get uh, the borealis headpiece to drop i picked up a couple of i got a couple of random exotic drops uh, they were both for weapons that i really didn't want but it had they had perks that were pretty good some level three perks that were pretty good so I broke those down and I'm using those. I'm debating whether the automatic shotgun that I have now that I got in a random drop after completing a, an investigation is worth holding on to because it just doesn't seem to do a whole lot of damage. Mm. It's got good perks, but its damage output for a for a, a for an auto shotgun seems kind of low. Yeah, shipper for them perks then. Yeah, so I'm. I'll, that's just a question I'll have to answer. Uh, but yeah, that to answer your question, uh, Joe. That's <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting World Slayer. I mean, you gotta figure it's almost like it's like the third week in May now, and so it's like that's gonna drop literally in like five weeks. So, so I just want to give myself some time to just like get the trophy, get the platinum. You know, probably my first platinum. And, um, you know, uh, get to the eye of the storm and kind of just maybe take a little bit of a break. You know, I've been still wanting to play Dying Light 2. I still have it from the library. I picked up, like I said, King of Fighters 15 on there. Um, I'm kind of waiting for my Steam Deck to drop, um, you know, every Monday, every Thursday, because those are two days that Valve uh, kind of release their um, allotments. So I'm supposed to get it by the end of June. So I can't wait to see what it looks like. Kind of cool. I definitely am thinking more and more each day as it comes along. I mean, I, I just for sh- shits and giggles, I went down to GameStop and I did buy King of Fighters. I went to go look at Best Buy. And it's like, you know, more I think about it, it's like, I think the, the act of physically buying a video game and opening up and like, you know, just to experience everything. I, I, want, I still want that feeling, but not for everything I buy now. You know, it's only in spurts, you know, only for special purchases because otherwise i think digital is the way to go hate to say it never thought i'd say it but you know Mm -hmm. say it ain't so joe say it ain't so it is what it is so Uh, i'm uh, never going all digital i'm not i'm not going all digital but you know all digital and kiss my black behind i'm not doing it (laughs) do you there i want my content i wonder if i want to know that if it if it if the network goes down, I can still play my games. But I guess that depends on what platform you buy for. So yeah, of course, you know, Xbox having some issues, of course, a couple of weeks ago. So 
but you know same thing happened well, not really with the psn breakdown back in ps3 days but i could play all my games i yeah. just couldn't play online and i couldn't play uh, online only games still was not it, it still never should have happened i mean yeah you should have something someone other than a hamster in a wheel running your network security but uh, <laughs> yeah the, the there it's one thing to be locked out of your content completely it's something else just to be locked out of the online multiplayer aspects of whatever games you own and still be able to play them yeah uh, that's all for me this uh past week as far as games uh kev what else have you been doing besides outriders so i finished pricing my comic books oh um, great yeah so i know what i want to send out for grading and i know when i'm just probably just going to move try and move in uh raw on ebay uh so the, the next uh, next part of it is i'm starting to price my hot wheels which is going to be which is way easier because um basically all you do is you just scan the barcode on the back of the card and all of the listings for that vehicle for that car come up oh that's really really convenient and really nice so the only aspect of my hot wheels that i need to consider is i need to ask myself if i really want to part with my really limited collector stuff and I haven't really made that. I haven't. Some of the stuff I wouldn't mind getting rid of. Some of the stuff I'm never going to. I'm never going to sell. Um, I. But then there's some other stuff that, like, uh, I've got a. I've got a '67 Camaro that's worth a couple hundred bucks right now. And it's like, I. If I. If I've got a duplicate in that, that's going to be one of the first things I sell because. Uh, because those go for a lot of money, but, um, and I've got some, I've got, I've already found some main lines that are getting, uh, three and four and five times the, the six, anywhere from 89 to 99 cents that I paid for them. So, uh, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good trade. So next week I'm going to pick up my buy myself a shipping printer, buy myself some shipping boxes and uh, get this get this ball rolling and see what comes of it. So I'm looking for, definitely looking forward to it. So I think it's going to be pretty fun. Oh, cool. So, but other than, other than that, there's no other games that I've been playing, unfortunately. Well, I did play a little, a little uh, Sifu and uh, I made it to the, I made it to the museum level but I was too old, so I decided to restart. I'm, I'm trying to. I at least want. I at least want. By the time I get to the museum, I at least want to still be in my 30s, and I was. I was way past that. <laughs> so, mm. still got some some patterns that I need to figure out, and uh, spend more time with that game. But having a lot of fun with it. But really, that's all I've been doing this past week. So with that, oh, I got to talk oh. down. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no okay. problem. Uh, I again, it's been a very slow week for me because I was at Disneyland for such a long time. I didn't really get to pay anything. So the only thing I really played was No Man's Sky, and again, that's just as a as a way to kind of relax my brain because uh, a lot of last week I uh, I spent um, 
getting ready for my uh, for my final and whatnot. I actually took my final. Um, sorry, I left. Uh, we left on Tuesday to go down there, and then I took my final in the hotel room. So, so but once I was done, I was like, yes. So, so really, it was just uh, focusing mostly on schoolwork. But uh, the only time that I was ever playing anything was um, was No Man's Sky, and again, that was just as a as kind of like a brain dump, just you know, just run around and do stuff. But I am uh, looking forward to uh, doing that big uh play session with the nintendo and playing all those games i've i've been uh getting so you can expect that um and in a couple shows so um we're going to talk a little bit about uh some some of the new indies that are coming out uh in our news so definitely stay tuned for that but that's really all i've been playing did you mess around with no man's sky and the x cloud and all that stuff or nope. just just whatever you're playing at home when you were at home uh yeah because when i'm at home i don't play remotely like that got it i just don't this never was a big thing for me so but yeah that's it okay all right with that we're going to move on to our next topic on the docket that being the main event so all right des you got the mic man all righty so as always thank you to everybody who took the time to answer our question um we love talking with you guys and we love asking our, our listeners questions and getting feedback. So, uh, and again, if you have a question that you'd like to ask uh, the listeners, please uh, get, in, get in contact with us. Kevin will let you know how to do that at the end of the show. So please stay tuned for that. So the uh, question for this week was, uh, what's your opinion regarding all the consolidation in gaming, i.e. Xbox, uh, Activision, Bungie, Sony, uh uh, SE or uh, Square Enix, Montreal, and Embracer, all that stuff. Is this is this good or bad for the industry in your opinion? So we got a couple of responses. Uh, Will D on Discord says, "I'm not the biggest fan of consolidation. It boils down to loss of creativity in favor of mainstream design. But on a positive side, it uh, it could lead to uh, sustainability for employees in the industry." Um, I think Will D kind of hits it uh, hits it really well. You know, um, I think one of the one of the fears that a lot of people has is when consolidations, um, it does sometimes mean that everyone's becoming streamlined and for favor of a, of, of a specific uh, genre or or gaming experience that sells or attracts a lot of dollars. Um, and again, like on the positive side, it gives ability for employees. But another thing that it honestly does sometimes is if is if some of these studios are given the ability to to create their own IPs, hopefully, knock on wood, God willing, all that good stuff to see if some of that stuff will come to fruition. It also gives it also gives these um, studios a little bit of flexibility as well, uh, given that they do not have to worry about money constraints. You know, not to say that you know any of these any of these big studios are going to give them unlimited uh, resources in order to do this. I do. I do hope that what it will do is allow uh, these these smaller studios uh, a chance to be able to make new games that are not to, that are not so dependent on on financing. You know, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Platinum wanted to be bought up so bad was because you know they're probably hemorrhaging money now, and with and with what happened with Babylon's Fall, um, they're praying that. Um, that uh bayonetta is like hits it out of the park so 
but uh, either of you, Joe, do you have anything to respond to Wildy's comment? Well, uh, for me at least, um, yeah, consolidations in the past has kind of led to uh, some studios not existing anymore. You think, especially with Electronic Arts, good old EA, you know, when they bought like Origin, you know, the Ultima mm -hmm. creators, you know, that Origin pretty much went the way of the Dodo. Same thing with Criterion and the Burnout series, you know, once they picked up uh, that studio. And you could think of uh, uh, other studios they picked up, like the studio that did Mercenaries, you know, they wound up being bought out by EA. And I think the last game they brought out was like the Saboteur before they went belly up on there yeah. where, you know, and you, you notice even too with Activision and, and with their acquisitions, like, you know, uh, all the studios within that were doing other things prior to being purchased by Activision, they wound up just working on Call of Duty. You know, so it's like I mean, yeah, and I do know that that's a that's definitely a fear, and that fear is somewhat justified because of of history. But I really hope I really hope that that some of these will allow allow the studios that ability. I think I think one of the things that would be a good thing is is seeing what. Um, is seeing um, Obsidian being able to my, to to make uh, avowed, so I'm hopeful that that will be one of the ones that's actually a good thing to come out of uh, to come out of um, being bought up. But but again, we don't really know. Yeah, I think the whole Square Enix sell and um, these Eidos properties. I think that was a better thing because you know they were just using uh all the idas properties as like an excuse to explain why they didn't make their profits for the year and it's just like you know how how many co millions of copies did you want tomb raider to really sell you know it's just a bunch of sh bunch of crap that they're trying to like um hold these other studios to a higher standard than their japanese studios so sometimes will crank out a lot of crap as well on there and put the focus on the uh, Western studios as being underperforming when, and in fact, you know, Square Enix, especially with Final Fantasy. I mean, you talk about Final Fantasy like 13 and, you know, the big old thing about 14 when it initially launched before they saved it, you know, they did their Hail Mary. So it's just the same thing mm -hmm. with that. So, yeah, I think Bungie is kind of the chameleon here because they've been bought out by <laughs> I like different companies throughout their uh, history between Microsoft and Activision and how, you know, PlayStation. So I think uh, Bungie's said, I think Bungie's like, like the, the pimp over here. They're, they're not the one being bought out there. Like, you know, <laughs> turn the tables around as far as any acquisition is concerned. So. No, I think they're looking for a, they're looking for a big daddy is what they're looking for. Yeah. You got that. You got no, that they ain't there. the pimp, you know, <laughs> But uh, what about you, Kev? Got any thoughts on on what uh, Will D said? I I'm in agreement with what Will D Will D said. Um, I think it does boil down to uh, once a lot of this consolidation boils down to creativity in favor of mainstream design. I think that's the concern when some of these big studio what these big companies rather by these studios that have had a panache for independent projects uh games that maybe did not hit that mainstream vibe but developed their own uh what would you say dedicated fan bases nevertheless 
So I think there is a concern for that because, I mean, we've seen that with Square Enix and, you know, what people can fly with regards to uh, Outriders and what they, how they felt about Tomb Raider. It's like, mm. you know, we, we have these unrealistic expectations from Crystal Dynamics and we expect you to bring in these Call of Duty numbers on a series that has a big following but nowhere near is not going to turn as much nowhere near as much coin as call of duty is and instead of understanding that and trying to grow the fan base with new creative ways or letting that studio come up with new and creative ways to bring new people into the franchise it's just once the game comes out whether you know people thought it was good or not they just get thrown under the bus because they didn't meet these expectations um and that's unfortunate i don't like that um, but yes on the other hand i guess there is stability but stability at what cost you know that's another question that these some of these studios have to ask themselves at what cost Am I getting this to am I getting this stability? Am I uh, forsaking my any bonuses, sales bonuses, any milestone milestone bonuses that I would have gotten because the publisher decides to make a decision that may not necessarily be in my favor? You know, again, we saw that with Square Enix and Outrider. So, you know, I, I'm I'm in agreement with uh, Will D's sentiment on this. Cool. Um, well, Hoodie Ninja on Twitter says, nothing of real value has been released after after these acquisitions. The purchase seems driven by sentiment, uh, what these companies used to be like and not due to any strong releases in the past five years or just IP squatting. And again, I think Hoodie Ninja uh, is, is kind of right about that. Um, although it's kind of weird that they would spend so much money just to buy stuff. Um, and just sit on them but i mean i mean i can understand why you would want to do that but but in, but you got to start putting out some money or turning 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 a um turning a profit from some of this stuff i mean that's the only thing that i could that i could see about that is like i do think that that ip setting is something that they possibly could do i, I honestly think that people do that um or companies do that and but that way they don't lose the um copyrights on certain things so you'll get a shitty ass game you know in order to to keep that copyright going but i would think just putting so much money out um they would want to do something um from it so but um but yeah i i agree with you there haven't been a lot of any real value of any of these uh acquisitions as of late um so uh, this this whole waiting and waiting and waiting it's like you know get get hype get hype and then like we have to wait like five years for them to happen it's like you know it, it sounds good in the in the interim but nothing has really came from it yeah in a long time so uh can any of you think of anything that has can, can either of you think of anything that has come out uh, after an acquisition, a recent acquisition, like I knew when Activision bought Bungie, that was before Bungie uh, Destiny Two came out. So that was kind of was that or is that uh, that was that was before, right? Yeah, it was before. You I know. thought it was after Destiny Two. I thought it was before. 
but yeah, no, it was like way when Destiny prior to Destiny One coming out. So yeah. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, it was it was something where they had a partnership and then obviously they broke off from the partnership they had with Activision from oh. there. So okay, but, but they, you know, uh, you know, as far as any, you know, what Hoodie Ninja is kind of stating is that. Uh, I haven't seen anything, you know, from these recent acquisitions kind of pop up, you know, you know that, uh, God, I'm trying to think of the name of the studio that did um, Wasteland 3 on there. It's in exile. And I know that they finished that up. And it's a point that I know they're kind of gestating their projects at at the moment. And so it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's it takes a while sometimes to make games, you know, it's just it's kind of crazy, that. but. You know, all the hype that uh, people feel from a, a studio acquisition, you know, it's something where, you know, look at the poor Jade Raymond, you know, that's always hyped up her projects and then having her projects get canceled on there. And I'm, I'm more of a one that I would prefer an announcement for marketing for a new game to be done maybe a year prior to launch on there you know it's just like you know uh we'll talk about in the news about starfield and the starfield getting delayed and we you know none of us know what really starfield is other than it's from bethesda you know so and it's mm. a, a rpg in space you know it's the only thing we really know so yeah um so uh lastly glove uh glove box on twitter says all i care about is games i could care less about what company buys another company if domino's pizza made a great game i would buy that game concentrate on the end result yep i mean that's a very uh kind of like that's really what it all comes down to really is um is at the end of the day who's making the best games and where are they and and when can we play them so um so I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, we could uh, spin our wheels about it, although I think it's um, sometimes it's fun to to pontif- pontificate about about what it all means in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and if I remember correctly, Domino's Pizza did make a game, uh, the Noid game. So, but that wasn't a good game. So yeah, Capcom, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do uh, so do either of you have have any uh, anything you'd like to say about this uh, about this question? Uh, what are your thoughts about about it, uh, Kev? I understand it. I'm not particularly a big fan of it because, again, like Glovebox saying, if the games are the end result, we really haven't seen anything come of these big ticket acquisitions yet uh, i mean bungie is still squarely involved in destiny 2 uh projects and development and dlc and making sure everything's balanced and working in with that i think that acquisition was more about talent more so than anything else uh, talent mm-hmm. meaning consultation because that's one of the shortcomings in the PlayStation first party lineup that being multiplayer centric games uh, so I'm kind of thinking that was purchasing the brain trust more so than purchasing or getting access to upcoming IPs and trying to lock those down on a um, on a uh, 
exclusive basis. I think there will be some exclusive games that come out of that. But I think the result of the, those games will result from consultations from the development teams over at Bungie more so than maybe Bungie developing those games themselves. That's just kind of what my 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 gut feeling, my my uninformed, <laughs> unconnected to the industry gut feelings is telling me. These these acquisitions from Bethesda and Activision by Microsoft, though. I just kind of have to wonder what these studios were working on prior to the acquisition. I, I mean, I guess Bethesda was working on that uh, that uh, PlayStation game. I mean, or, or one of Bethesda's studios was working on that PlayStation game. I can't remember the name of it. Time Loop, I think it was. Or, or I think that's what the game was. I, I It really didn't interest me, so I, I really didn't follow it that much. But it's like, what were your other studios doing? I mean, they don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't really understand that. Um, I think I'm thinking the death loop, right? Death loop, yeah. I said time loop. I mean, yeah, death loop is what this game I was talking about. I'm just not really seeing the need, and I, I kind of have to, at least for the console space. You kind of have to put the, you know, I kind of blame Microsoft for all this because they're they're trying to lock down content. I understand their reasoning behind it. They're trying to lock down content for Game Pass. I get that. I understand that. But it seems to me that, and again, I don't run a, a trillion dollar company. So, but just for the layman looking at the end result which is me staring at my game pass tiles trying to find something to play i'm not seeing these things resulting in content that it's going that i think is going to keep me entertained i'm thinking that this money this these this this you know i i forget because after a while the billions just turns into monopoly money however much however much many billions they bought uh activision for could have been that time could have been better spent to instead of hitting with the money hat hammer using the money hat scalpel and carving out some exclusive deals for anticipated games already in development hey you know we really want to see this game on game pass and if it, if not on game pass then some type of exclusive xbox content it, it just seems to me that money is would be better spent from a dollars and cents perspective of locking down some of those deals as opposed to just well we 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 need we need this content to drive game pass so I, I again i understand why they did it it just seems that it would be when i when i look at the end result of these acquisitions and for me it's still nothing to play i think it would have been a, a far better much less expensive investment to carve out these exclusive deals in order to get 
uh, that Game Pass content and keep it flowing. Uh, because we we're, we're really not seeing the results of that yet. At least I'm not. Agreed. Uh, Joe, do you have anything before we close out? Well, one thing to think about, too, is that, uh, you know, thinking of the smaller purchases, I mean, Insomniac is working very good for PlayStation right now. Obviously, Ratchet and Clank was in the mix already prior. Uh, I think prior to their purchase, I and mean, when they were purchased, Ratchet and Clank hadn't come out, the most recent one for PlayStation 5. And with them, you know, gearing up for Wolverine and the Spider-Man sequel, it's like, you know, you can see where things work on that end on there where there are some fruits to that labor and then housemark of course they got bought out right after returnal came out on there and the same thing with blue point and demon soul so you know sony is uh, kind of establishing uh, especially these strong third parties uh, that they're working with uh, to be able to you know obviously you know making sure that uh, since they got good synergy to kind of keep them going and of course ea's recent purchase of codemasters something like kev you know you comment on grid legends that you like so much on there and that's one game that came afterwards probably was already in development prior to the purchase anyway but still you know it's something to wear we'll have to see how things shake out i know that there's a news story i don't even have it in news but codemasters a particular studio within codemasters is being merged with uh criterion in ea and they're going to be cranking out need for speed games now so i don't know how you feel about that kevin but uh, um it i would like to say that that could be good but i mean criterion has worked on uh need for speed games in the past and uh, i don't know if if it's not Hot Pursuit 2 or a clone of that or a mechanical clone of that, I don't know that they that EA knows how to allow them allow that series to be great again. I yeah. I, I don't I don't think they do. And th- this this is the this is I think one of the other issues with Sony's acquisitions, these studios that they have acquired again have this working relationship and i think sony knows how to manage its first party development houses whereas xbox is struggling there there i don't think that i think there is a management issue at microsoft with regards to the xbox uh platform it's it's managing personnel managing studios keeping people on a, on an acceptable on a reasonable uh uh what would you say uh uh pattern for updates and keeping people on a on a schedule microsoft just can't seem to get that that part together they've got all the money in the world to throw at these businesses and these studios but they just can't manage the the ones that they've got, and until that changes, um, you know, you can throw all the money. You can throw all the money at the situation you want. You can buy every studio uh, now and what is to come in the next you know twenty years. If you can't manage these studios and keep them on a good cadence to get content to your platform, which is Game Pass then 
what's the point? Well, all right, then. I mean, I think you're exactly right. So uh, with that, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who took part in our question. As always, at the end of the show, Kevin will give you a special shout out. And as for the question for uh, next week's show, I'm going to turn it over to Kevin as Kevin is the one that came up before. I guess Kevin is the one that came up with it. So on to you, Kevin. All right. So this is a question I, I don't think applies to uh, any of our gaming tastes, well, maybe with the exception exception of Jabroni Chief with uh, baseball. But uh, given the FIFA e recent FIFA EA split, this is a question that I, I wanted to ask our sports game aficionados uh, who listen to our show. What do you think of the FIFA EA split? Do you think it will bring about competitive new games that will offer a fresh view? to gameplay or is it just the result of a money disagreement over the FIFA licensing fee? Should NBA, MLB, and NFL follow and move past their exclusive agreements and open their licenses to other studios? And if memory serves, because again, the last sports games I played was uh, on Intellivision. I mean, that's when I was actively playing sports games. And I think the last, last official sports game that I played, I think, was NBA Live 94. Uh, And that's when it ended because you had to start knowing the rules of these games. And I had no interest in learning that. Uh, So I I let that, uh, that genre go. But as I'm recalling, I think that... There were like a couple of different um, football games before NFL went exclusively with EA. It wasn't one of them. Weren't they both one on the uh, Dreamcast and uh, the other one on the PlayStation 2? If I'm, if I'm I might be mistaken, but no, you're, you're, you're correct. Yeah, okay. the 2K series. 2K yeah. series. Okay, so. Um, it seemed, and if I'm remembering correctly, at the time, folks were saying that 2K was way better than what EA was doing uh, with their football game. So I'd like to know for those who still actively play sports games, uh, if they see this as a possibility of you know, something fresh coming to the genre, uh, or if they or or if they'd like to see a return to those kind of like those, glory days where you had multiple studios competing for your dollar uh trying to get you know give you the best sports game as opposed to hey we got these 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 licenses to pay for so we're going to charge you another 70 bucks (laughs) for what may only end up being a roster update with no real changes to the mechanics so I, i i'm definitely want to see what our what our sports game players have to say about this situation so that okay that's great i can't wait (laughs) so that is uh our our what our next week's question is going to be a little bit of an audible there but uh we're going to move on to the news by none other than jabroni chief You got the mic, man. All right, good deal. 
All right. First thing on the docket for news for this episode. If you didn't know, um, basically Bethesda came out this past Thursday and announced that both Starfield and Redfall, the game we couldn't remember the name of last episode, um, have been delayed uh, and will now launch in the first half of 2023 on here. So, uh, so both for Starfield, which had a November date, I know Redfall had like a uh, 2022 date at some point, I think fall 2022, but uh, no actual quote unquote date announced. Uh, they have pushed both back on here. So, and according to the statement, we made the, this decision to delay the launches of both Redfall and Starfield at the first half of 2023. Teams at Arcane Austin, Redfall, and Bethesda Game Studio Starfield have incredible ambitions for their games, and we want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them on there. And they go on to say that we'd like to thank everyone for their excitement for Redfall and Starfield. The energy is a huge part of what inspires us each and every day and drives our own excitement for what we're creating. And so, yeah, they went ahead and announced that. And uh, of course the internet uh, being the internet, of course, a lot of the discussion back and forth about the, you know, Xbox's 2022 plans, you know, uh, the cupboards being bare, quote unquote, <laughs> as far as games coming out and so on and so forth. Uh, Phil, Phil Spencer came out. The next day, uh, pretty much made a statement saying that Xbox must work to quote unquote meet better expectations, uh, reflecting the delay of both Starfield and Redfall. Um, Phil Spencer then stated also that uh, such decisions were quote unquote hard on the teams making the games and our fans. While I fully support giving teams time to release the great games when they're ready, we hear the feedback. I think what else can you say but that, you know, uh, they want to deliver quality and consistency, uh, but they're working better, quote unquote, from what Phil said to meet those expectations. So, and so, you know, I, for me, I, you know, I, I come into this, I don't put so much damn heavy weight on either of these two games because like I stated earlier, I don't even know what Starfield is. I haven't seen any gameplay yet. I'm not, you know, quote unquote hype for it other than, you know, it's going to be on Games Pass. I'll have access to it once it does come out. I was expecting with the Xbox, but there's a showcase coming up in June that I finally get to see some gameplay to see what exactly it is, you know, and Redfall obviously made such a impact on you guys that we had to like recant as far as if we ever saw the trailer to begin. So. I remember it because I know it ended one of the Keeley, like, I think, uh, Gamescom things where they were showing the uh, 4V, you know, 4V vampire gameplay. And uh, I don't think it left that much of a lasting impression on a lot of people. So, you know, we still don't know exactly what the game is if needed. So how about you, Des? Uh, you know, delay of either of these two games, uh, you know, uh, Destroyed your world, or what? What's your feelings on it? I think destroyed your world is a little, little much. Over dramatic. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sad. I mean, I'm a little disappointed for Starfield because I really wanted to see what was going on. I mean, that's things been, you know, rumored and teased for years. So I was hoping to see a little bit about something. But again, I'm glad that they're, you know, <sighs> Cyberpunk was just such a, a misstep. So that anytime someone says, hey, this is what I'm thinking about, we, we need to put it back in the oven. 
I'm kind of like, all right, you know, I, I just hope that putting it back in the oven just um, justifies the means to the end. So, I mean, do what you got to do to make a to make a good quality game, you know. So, I mean, I'd rather them do this than release a shitty ass game, you know, and then try to fix it uh, in like the postmortem, you know, because then like there's a lot of bad blood and just a whole bunch of poop with that. And I just would rather them just do it good and be done with it. <laughs> Yeah, even prior to Cyberpunk, there was Fallout 76, and yep. really, if you really want to consider a game that really shit the bed, I mean, prior to Cyberpunk, that was your textbook shit the bed moment. Right exactly. There. It's just you know? it's just that the, it's so soon, um, in people's minds. So, how about you, Kev? Yeah, I'm. I'll never shade a company for delaying a game in order to make it better. I hope that that this is that that's going to be the end result. But I think X, you know, Microsoft has painted themselves into a rather interesting corner. Uh, when I say interesting, I'm I'm thinking not really all that great. You launch a console with no no games, no first party games. The one game that was supposed to launch with the console you butchered that. Three four three butchered that. And now we're, we're talking Halo Infinite. And you know, I don't play Halo like that. I'm this is what I'm hearing from people that are really dig Halo. And I think when you look at the player the player drops on Steam for Halo Infinite, I think that speaks for itself. It's been botched. Now you're saying that you're not going to have maybe outside of Forza Motorsport when you had Forza Horizon last year, another racing game dropping maybe this year. And that's really it from your first party. It, again, we're, we're going to be riding the third-party coattails for this system that's going to be going into, what, its third year? Second year? Some, 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 I think third year. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And I, again, like I said, I'm not... This, this June showcase, for real, at least as far as I'm concerned, it's going to have to be... It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to... Uh, my eyeballs are just going to have to fall out of my head for what I see. Because my Game Pass... Uh, my Game Pass Pass expires in mid-July. And, you know, when I purchase these from Black Friday, the last one expires in mid-July. And I just have no reason to up it again. I, I just don't. I need to see something that's just going to really entice me with this June showcase. And I honestly hope I do. Uh, because I have a console to play games on it. And right now the series x is just not being used uh other than just again to stare at game pass tiles for stuff that i either have no interest in or i've already played so i want to see what this june showcase is going to reveal and it's it's got to be good it's got to be good if it's not then i just i just have no no reason to hold on to this subscription and I'll just be in a holding pattern until y'all get me something I want to play. 
because yeah. I'm just throwing good money after uh, after a bad product that I'm not using. Got to find a game share, buddy. Is what you need to do. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I oh, game share for what? It, it's I'm still not going to be using it. Got it. Yeah, I, that's that's true. <laughs> you know, nothing from nothing is still nothing. <laughs> nothing from nothing. nothing. <laughs> all right good deal so that's our feelings on that if you guys have any feelings out there definitely let us know on our discord or you could hit us up on twitter you know we want to make sure that we're op- obviously representing all views on this on there we don't want to you know piss off anyone out there that might uh, have a little bit more of a xbox centric uh, viewpoint if need be so well a viewpoint or- shouldn't piss anybody off yeah, I got I, I got I got to say and make a statement on that. A viewpoint should not piss somebody off. If if you if you if your self worth is attached to a console or any consumer product for that matter, there's other issues that you need to concern yourself. And I'm speaking seriously. There's other issues you need to concern yourself about. Uh, we're, we're no one is being attacked. Nobody's viewpoint or perspective is being belittled i can only speak from my perspective you know i don't i don't follow the industry as an insider i'm not an influencer i'm just somebody who's been playing video games since 1977 and just never stopped and i have a passion for the hobby and i have a passion for those products that do or give me the content that i that i greatly enjoy and I have critiques for the ones that don't. It, it, it's really that simple. It has nothing to do with, you know, making somebody mad or, or wanting to get in somebody's face about their choices and consumerism. I mean, that, that, that's just, <laughs> that's just mm. ridiculous. You know, I just, I just felt, I just, I just had to say that because I think a lot of people get caught up in the quote-unquote console war whatever that is you know yeah including us sometimes you know or being <laughs> insinuated that we're console warriors of some sort and yeah I, I you know i don't really i mean to me the game's a game's a game so i have preferences mind you i have preferences of platforms but you know i'll play whatever if it's something i want to play as long as i have access to it so all right, and next news item I want to talk about, and this is kind of spurred upon. I know that Desmond's very enthusiastic about what was shown to Nintendo's latest Indie World showcase happened this past week on there. And of course, we did not get an update. Everyone wants an update for Hollow Knight Silk Song, but uh, that game is still in the oven, being made, being cooked on on there. But uh, they kind of revealed some things uh i'm going to kind of can give it des you could kind of pop in if need be on it but uh they let off with the um creature collection farming game ooblets which has been you know worked on it was previously launched on early access both on pc and xbox on here i i'm trying to remember did you buy this uh early access on xbox Des? um i think i did yeah i think uh, i might which, have you know, yeah. 
Um, I'm getting this confused with the other Pokemon-like game. I think that is that really Tam-Tam. access on PlayStation. Tam Tam. So yeah. on here. But this one, it doesn't look as Pokemon-ish. It doesn't look, it's more of a, I would say almost like a mashup of like a, um, you know, Animal Crossing with a lot of little creature uh, activities, farming. Yeah. and you don't, uh, you don't catch the creatures, you grow the creatures. Go to grow, okay. Yeah, you plant them and then you grow them. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, the, the the little thing that you have. And there is no battles. Uh, what there are, are they are dance-offs. And so yeah, you I saw little, that. You have little dancing, uh, little dancing guys that you, um, that dance and scream and shout and fight and like, you know, well, don't fight, but they're like, you know, we're going to dance off and then whoever has the best dance moves uh wins so yeah and they've added a whole bunch of new stuff to it um uh new areas to explore new oblets to to uh to pick up and to get so i am actually you know i don't know i'm it sounds so weird but i'm thinking about double dipping on this because i really uh liked it when i first got it the only problem was it needed it just needed more time like it needed more cooking you know, and I and I, I, I uh, ACG had posted something on um, on his Twitter about um, what are your thoughts about early access games and stuff like that, and I really had to, you know, put it down and say, you know, I don't, I I I don't like um, early access games. You know, and the reason why I do not like early access games is because I don't feel like I need to pay to be a beta tester for any of these, you know, companies. I just don't want to do that. And so that's why I do not buy it games anymore, because while I liked Oubliettes, I, I think it needed a little bit more, you know, and I get it. You know, they're trying to test the company or their game and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. But there's got to be better ways to do that that don't you know, involve me having to, you know, spend my money on it, you know, especially yeah. when I'm going to have to buy it again, um, when it, uh, when it land, when it, when it comes out, well, you know, proper. So you, you can play on Xbox. I mean, your early access will uh, redeem the full version if need be, but you just want to play it on switch, right? Um, I think, be, I think this is a game that you can pick up and go. And I think that it would be really fun on switch. I think this is one of those games where you can, Pick up, run around, do a couple dance battles, and then and then put the game away. Like I think this is one of those games that's perfect for, um, for running around, getting up and going, and and not having to worry about, um, where you are or or anything like that. So, looks fun. I think I'm gonna pick it up again. Um, I have to see, you know. I think I probably will pick it up again. I mean, that's that's probably the safest thing to say at this point. <laughs> Well, I'll kind of go on your impressions. I mean, if I could put some ooblets into like a little like, you know, cockfighting ring or something. There, there's no there's no cockfighting in ooblets. Uh, sorry, I know sorry. there's no. It's too happy go lucky for that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to wait all that, you know. I'll the have to worst, develop that one on my own. So the worst thing's gonna happen is one of those little bastards are gonna get served, you know, with like a with a like dance some, move. Yeah. Some dance move. So you gotta have to yeah, you know, it, wait for that. It it looks like you know Pokemon, uh, you know Pikmin with a, a little dash of weird here and there. Yeah, so. but this is weird because like the way they run around, their heads kind of bob around, so that's kind of unsettling. But you know, 
It is what it is. If I did drugs, I don't know uh, if I could like. <laughs> it just seems weird. Like seriously, like the 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 whole aspect of them running around and the the kind of like weird bobbly head things. I don't know. You know, it, it's definitely a stylistic choice. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but, and yeah. another game they've shown, and this is kind of following the order. Um, there's a game being published by Team 17, and it's a uh, hack and slash action RPG called uh, Bat- Batora on here. It's coming out um, in 2022 in the um, fall on there, but it looked pretty cool. Looks like there's some sort of uh, um, elective choice in the game as far as narrative, as far as making some choices that will affect the uh, gameplay on there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, hack and slash with some, it looks like some roguelike elements to it on there. I thought that was pretty interesting just looking at it. I know it's available on other platforms as well. I added it to my Steam wish list on here because if I was going to, you know, buy this, I'd probably buy it for Steam. That way I could, you know, have it on the Steam Deck and also have it on PC as well on there. So any, any thoughts on Batora? No. Okay. All right. Another uh, game that kind of caught my eye a little bit was a uh, indie puzzle platformer called Luckhead. Yeah, right now there. that was the one that looked really cool. Yeah, in fact, uh, it's just being done by one guy in Japan. Yep on here in fact i checked and it's already published on steam it's already available on steam it's like 10 bucks on steam but it is coming out for the switch he is making a switch version yeah and i guess he's there. a uh, he's a like a student and this was like a student project that got really that was really done well and so he actually decided you know hey i'm gonna i'm gonna make this into a full-fledged game and i'm all for that like i'm all for that yeah, in fact, uh, he has his own website that he is uh, selling the game from, but he also has the game up on Steam as well on here. So, And it's really a, like a craziness that he's um, developing games on his own. It's a solo game project. So, you know. I think it's is, great. Uh, I think more people should do that. Nama Takahashi. And it mm-hmm. looks like he's getting a lot of support on there. So. And I think his dream, according to him and his website, is he wants to be nominated as an Indie Game of the Year on here. So and so that's what he's working on. And I think uh, from what I've seen of Luckhead, I am definitely interested. So Yeah, I like, the, I like the gameplay. Like it just like you touch things and and your head um, will 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 turn the electricity on, which I think is really cool. And then you can. um by doing that, you can move objects certain a certain a certain um, a certain a certain length, and then you can use that as platforms by touching it. So it, you really got to kind of think about what's going on. And then you can throw your head to to turn on stuff at distances, but you only have ten seconds to get back to your body. It just sounds really cool, you know. Just like okay, you know, I. I I'm like, I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing there, and this looks pretty cool. This looks pretty cool. So, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for it. Yeah, it looks like Eurogame already uh, reviewed it and gave it a recommend too. So mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. So uh, another game that got announced uh, at the Indie World showcase is a game called Soundfall. So it's a uh, Mm-hmm. Four, up to four player musical action game that procedurally generates levels to music on there so think of your favorite uh, 
you know, overhead uh, twin stick shooter type gameplay, but add a rhythm element to it. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of scratching the surface on the explanation, but it did shadow drop the day of the um, Switch focus on here. In fact, it was not only released for Switch, it also came out for PS, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox, and also came out also on Steam as well. So it's it's out for everything on there. It just got announced on there. So so imagine a dungeon crawler combined with looter shooter with rhythm on here. Uh, what's your overall impressions? I know I wasn't kind of curious about the gameplay myself, but are you stoked for this? Are you going to check it out, Des? I'm going to check it out. I think this is just a natural progression of, of indie games trying to mash up different genres to see how they work, if they can work, if they don't work. And I'm all for I'm all for uh, studios to try and do shit like this. It just seems so cool, so innovative. Uh, I really like the design of the of the characters. So I, I just want to see. It's like it's like. Um, uh, uh, tomb of the necro dancer you know where you kind of have to bounce around to the beat you know when you're when you're attacking stuff anything little things like this i think are just amazing i i i, I just want to like understand and see like what they're trying to do you know just it's just stuff like that when they're trying to be innovative just makes it so cool for me so i'm definitely going to try it out Tell me so. how it is. I mean, uh, are oh, you going to pick it up? You can come on... over to my house and play it. Yeah. If you buy it on PlayStation, we might be able to do the remote play thing. Oh, but, there you go. Uh, you know, it just depends where you pick it up at, though. Yeah. So. But I'm definitely wanting to check it out. And then also shown, uh, they had a trailer for this game called Wild Frost, which is a card battling game. It's published by Chucklefish, the same uh, publisher of such games as uh, Warframe on there not warframe uh, war groove excuse me mm-hmm. <laughs> on there and uh looks pretty cool i mean uh, it's not my bag because it is a card battler but uh, what's your impressions of it? i like the art style <laughs> i think the art style is bananas so. uh, yeah yeah that's just, that's what's selling it for me is the is the um is the way it looks like i was looking at it and i thought okay this this looks fun this looks you know intuitive it looks it looks like, I mean, it's a, it, it, it's another one of these indie people that are indie studios that are coming out and trying to do something interesting or trying to make adjustments to an, an, an established uh, genre. And I, again, like I said before, I am here for it. I think it's great. And I will definitely, I mean, I probably will, will, will see what it says. Uh, by that, I mean, I'll probably see what, uh, what the reviewers say about it. And then I probably will end up picking it up if it's, if it's uh, pretty good. So. Good deal. And uh, one game that caught my eye and something I am stoked on, it's going to be a day one for me, is this game called Gunbrella. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Gunbrella is being published by Devolver Digital, but it's uh, developed by uh, this team called Doinksoft, which they previously done uh, Gato Robato. And they also are working on another game for Devolver called Demon Throttle, which is uh, getting a physical only release for Switch. It's not going to be released digitally. So it's like uh, kind of that same bag where it's a like uh, uh, 8-bit slash 16-bit style. But this particular game, Gunbrella, kind of looks crazy because uh, it's like a... Uh, 
side-scrolling game where you basically equip a umbrella to do certain things like deflect bullets on there. You're using the um, umbrella to actually jump and traverse with a floaty type jump and using the umbrella at the same time. And uh, looks like there's a lot of like, um, you know, I wouldn't say Metroidvania uh, elements to it, but enough uh, to where there's like some people you talk to, you're trying to solve a mystery so on and so forth, but it's a side-scrolling platformer on there, but it has gunplay as well. So so to me, looks cool, looks cool, because I think anything, you know, that's kind of like reminds me of that kind of intuitive gameplay from back in the NES days, like, you know, Bionic Commando with the grappling hook in it, you know, gun gunplay, and same thing with this umbrella, with Gumbrella in this case. So uh, I will be picking this up and checking this game out, so... And then also uh, they did announce a, um, a release of We Are OFK for the Switch. It was originally shown at a PlayStation event previously. So that is a uh, interactive musical narrative game about the making of a band, the band called OFK, of course. So um, also, too, they are releasing a Switch port of this game called Silt, which is a hand-drawn noir uh, ocean side-scroller where you can possess aquatic animals to use their strengths. Kind of sounds creepy, but uh, not, is this something that caught your ideas? Or? Uh, yeah, I was looking at it, and I didn't know exactly what it was that I really was was looking at. So, um, yeah, I think it, there's, there are um, European uh, folks who are making it, and so I was just kind of like, okay, this looks very uh interesting a little different uh yeah it's it's uh, i don't know if there's combat it's, i'm getting a little outside uh sorry inside vibe from it but uh you're definitely a um a diver in somewhat of a monochromatic world as you are trying to um kind of kind of just explore i think that's where the um where the outside kind of or inside uh, kind of feeling is as you're just kind of exploring this monochromatic under underwater world and you it's a puzzler. So you have to basically um, possess these different plant life in order to or, or fish to break through barriers like hammerhead sharks and whatnot. So, yeah, gameplay like this looked very interesting and it's probably going to be very, um, very fun and and um and just weird like i i got a lot of weird vibes from it and i thought that that was really kind of cool you know that those those weird vibes that i was getting you know kind of reminds me of uh, inside a little bit too that's what i mean yeah it reminds me i was getting really big or, like inside view inside or limbo uh, limbo isn't yeah limbo same thing either. yeah so, but it seems like it could be pretty interesting yeah we'll keep an eye on the definitely art style has a definitely attractive nature to it as well so uh, mm-hmm. also to a game i wasn't aware of until the um show but this uh, apple arcade game and pc puzzler game called mini motorways is uh, shadow drop uh, <laughs> on the switch on there i wasn't aware of this game at all but kind of reminds me just of a little puzzle game kind of based on uh, certain aspects of the original sim city on there because all you're doing is building roads for cars to drive on but it's a little puzzler game look kind of cool so um it does it does look it looks pretty pretty weird um but fun 
you know, nonetheless. Yeah, it kind of looks like something that Paul would like, possibly. So. Yeah. And then also, too, there was a, a narrative game about a hospital floating in the air in about a um, airborne hospital. It's called Wayward Strand on there. Nothing that really caught my eye on this. I don't know if it did for you as well. Oh, not really. Yeah, uh, Cult of the Lamb was also shown, which has been previously shown at the other showcases on there. This is Devolver's kind of uh, dungeon crawler with uh, also, you know, raising some uh, demon sheep as well on there. So it's just very crazy. Uh, I wouldn't say cute, but, you know, very colorful, cartoonish uh, cult game. <laughs> from Devolver on there. Uh, the the kind of motif and the whole, the pentagrams and uh, cultness of it kind of is like, you know, taking it back a bit, you know? Well, you're a Jim Jones sheep. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then Going Under Developer, which is a game that's on Game Pass, and I think both me and you, you know, I thought it was okay. Uh, what do you think of Going Under? Uh, look, it was interesting. Yeah, so the developer Agro Crab is they're making a uh, Souls-like game called Another Crab's Treasure, which uh, <laughs> it's basically um, a game that is going to feature a crab looking for its shell, and it's featuring some cartoony-esque uh, Souls-like combat. And there's a lot of like chagrin in in the uh, trailer with a couple of creators from that team, Agro Crab, that uh, saying that you know they're going to go for the big bucks and create a souls like <laughs> with a, featuring a crab at that so you ever want to play a souls like under under the water you check out another crab's treasure coming out in 2023 you're not selling it you i get know to, you get to change your shell by picking up garbage on the yes. floor and how you block is you have to you have to basically go in your shell to block attacks and and come out and swing at people you know and and every so often your shell will break and you can and if you kill them you can take their shells and you're just trying to trying to find you know your shell and it's like like i think over like 40 or some so different types of shells that you can get so i don't know it looked it looked pretty fun it's very colorful it it looks like again these indie people are these indie developers are trying to take these pre-existing genres and turn them on their ear. And I think uh, a crab light, <laughs> a souls like or a crab light, you know, a souls crab kind of kind of game is just silly to me. And it looks fun. It looks interesting. You know, I don't know. I, the thing is, I just don't know, like a game like this will be done justice on the switch. So I really hope that it comes out for other platforms. That's the only thing about this is I really hope that it comes out for other platforms. But yeah. It looks fun. I, I definitely will pick it up. And there was other games shown. You could definitely check out the Indie World Showcase for everything. There was a nice Sizzle Reel, too, that kind of featured a number of different games on there. Anything of the Sizzle Reel or anything else I haven't mentioned yet, Des, that you want to talk about? Not really. I know Curse the Golf was shown. I'm kind of waiting for that. That's like a roguelike uh, golf game. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. you know kind of been anticipated and I'm wanting to check out. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be, uh, will picking that up, and most likely, I'll be um, seeing if Paul would like to like to play it. You know, I think that's one of those games where where uh, the multiplayer would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm always down for a good golf game. Exactly. All right, so that was the indie showcase, and then also too, next news story we want to kind of talk about a bit. 
and then maybe I'll get Kevin as I know, you know, Kevin, you've been just hanging in the, in the weeds over here. So. <laughs> little bit i know i know you would have piped up if you had anything to add about the indie world stuff yeah i i I didn't even get around to checking it out yeah it's all good you know you learn you learn just like our listeners with us me and des talking about it so but uh yeah something came out this past week and it was kind of recorded by vgc that uh, there is a class action lawsuit and who is being sued, you ask? Well, a games grading company, Wada Games, is the target of a new class action lawsuit accusing it of unfair business practices and of manipulating the retro gaming market for its own gain on here. So the lawsuit filed on May the 10th, uh, re- representing class members, about uh, 10,000 individuals, all paid uh, for game grading and other services. It accuses Wada of, quote unquote, engaging in affirmative acts to manipulate the retro video game market and quote unquote engaging in unfair business practices so so you know there's been a little bit of hubbub about the wada and uh, as far as its manipulation of the market on there this is the same um grading company that came out and was selling through heritage auctions like a copy of uh, super mario 64 for 1.56 million dollars you know we're kind of like we're talking about like what the f basically why does this sell and of course a copy of super mario brothers nes that with the first print box uh sold for a record-breaking two million dollars on here so so i think a lot of this uh uh lawsuit is just basically saying that they're coming in they're manipulating the market they are bidding on these games we're trying to hype up and and push these prices up higher than what they should be on here um they part of the lawsuit is saying that through heritage auctions that uh they had some people that had financial interest in wada to actually pump up the value of the auction to obviously make the grading more of a uh, boon uh, on there trying to pump up the grading aspect of their business on there and that they are manipulating it for their benefit because obviously the higher these game prices go the more people want to get their games graded so on there and obviously they could take a cut of every game that is graded and in fact if it's sold they get a particular cut as well uh, the heritage charges a 20 percent buyer's premium and takes five percent from the seller on there so you know not only are they amping the prices of these games by grading it quote unquote they are taking a cut and so what, what's your thoughts on this kev i know you want to talk about this uh, particular story so um it's disappointing um as someone who is as time goes on i'm 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 growing more and more fond of the older games in my collection uh, like I find myself in Blue Shell maybe once a month now, particularly since one opened up very close to my house. Just kind of perusing the shelves and just kind of looking for some of those games that I felt left a mark uh, on my on my development as a gamer over the years, you know, from my younger days. I'm actively looking to build and complete my Intellivision collection. 
Um, I've thought about maybe starting to uh, build a Atari 2600 collection. I have abandoned all hope of trying to regain my Saturn collection uh, because of the amount of money that these games in the state that I had them in are demanding. You know, now I'm starting to look at PlayStation 2 titles and uh, see how some of the games that I remembered really being fond of, uh, looking into getting some of those back. And some of those are kind of daunting, you know? Uh, understandable. I think it's understandable for some of the games that I've been, that I've been looking at. And I'm thinking of uh, Def Jam Vendetta or the, the uh, Def Jam New York, uh, which was the second, well, both Vendetta, I think, was the first game. Uh, Fight for New York was the second. Both had licensed hip-hop artists that were big during that time. Uh, so we're talking, what, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, the licensing nightmare, it would be trying to re-release those games now in 2022 we're probably never going to see something like that again and you know new and you know in box complete with instruction manual you're looking at anywhere from 90 to 110 dollars uh for fight for new york <laughs> and it's you know i can see some of that but what what wada was doing is just absolutely trying to manipulate the market i can remember gosh a few years ago where a similar thing was done with regard to disney's disney vault vhs tapes so if you had like peter pan and you know 101 dalmatians and i can't remember which one it was but one of them things sold for a ridiculous hundreds of thousands of dollars at some auction house and come to find out that the same thing that happened there happened here where you have these graders actively trying to manipulate the market. And, you know, I, I was, you know, it even had me and my mom looking at because she at the time, I want to say it was like a subscription that you paid for way, way, way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And they sent you those VHS tapes. And my mom has all of them. Yep. They've, they've only been watched once, if at all. Some of them are still wrapped in, 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 the, in the cellophane that they came in because we never got around to watching them. And she's got every one. And so we're like, well, do you have like a do you have like a small fortune worth of VHS tapes? Because I mean, I mean everything, the marketing materials, everything that came packed in those things is in there, and the tapes themselves are virtually brand freaking new because they've only been watched once and put away and never we rewatched again. Uh, so we were wondering about that, but I mean when these auction houses start getting involved, I mean, with these grading uh, companies, rather, start working in tandem with the auction houses trying to manipulate the market, 
it really sucks. It sucks for those who think that they have something that might be worth something. And, you know, hey, well, let me get in on this action, too. It sucks for those people that are that are trying to get a hold of some memorabilia from their childhood or they've got a great memory attached to it. And they're in a position now where they have some disposable income to spend trying to recapture some of that stuff. And, you know, they just want to get a hold of it without having to mortgage their home, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to relive some nostalgia. This is just, it, it's its dirty, it's funky. Um, it's something that I'm kind of sort of paying attention to with my comic books because I have some comic books that I'm going to be sending off to be graded because I want to sell them and selling them graded will yield me a whole lot more money than they will being selling them at raw. I mean, I'm in this to, to make some money off of the deal. Uh, and the last thing I want is artificial manipulation because I mean, yeah, it would be great to sell something for that amount of money. Chances are that's not going to happen. And once the market had the market readjusts for this tampering, it lowers the price for everyone that's trying maybe trying to get in on on making a little bit of a profit on this. And it just makes everything tank even worse than it would have had the market just been left alone and let supply and demand rule the day in that. So that's kind of how I feel about this. it's It's not good. Is there any like uh, similarities to the comic market with this, Des? I wasn't sure. Uh, has there ever been an accusation that the, these grading companies uh, manipulate the market like this? Uh, not, not not an accusation, but but there's whenever you have people that are that are assigning a grading to anything, you all there always is a fear of some kind of tampering. You see it with Magic the Gathering cards. You see it with all kinds of stuff. Uh, you see that happen. So you just gotta be you know prepare to to when people do buyouts or people think that you know speculators will do something or they'll think that this is going to do do uh be better than it actually is so you just got to you just have to watch it you, you just got to watch it you know um when you're um when you're doing that that way you can actually see what what's really going on but yeah, um, you, you, anytime someone is grading something or they're doing some kind of like uh, assessment or something, um, especially for for stuff that has like quite a bit of money, there always is a is a fear of some kind of outside manipulation. And that's just normal, unfortunately. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the people that are suing with the uh, class action lawsuit do get their dollar dollar. And I hope so. Because that that's terrible when you really think about it. Because it just basically it basically poops on everything else that people are trying to do. You know, that are really trying to make it, you know, something worthwhile or, or, or giving like a real value to something. Because some of this stuff does have real value. It's just um, when people try to manipulate it, it just it just makes it crappy for everybody. For sure. And so then, don't do it. So don't do it. Don't do it. And then. Last but not least, my last news story for this episode is uh, talking about a game that is kind of coming out. We kind of lost sight of it a bit, uh, you know, because of, you know, Outriders and other games. But Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak 
recently had a um, another uh, game trailer, like about 20 minute video talking about the uh, more features of the expansion, so on and so forth on there. And, uh, you know, previously reveals uh, shown of obviously the master rank coming out, the uh, new monsters, a new area in the form of a citadel on there with, you know, obviously crazy biomes and whatnot. Uh, but in its latest reveal, Capcom showed it, showcased three new monsters and discussed Sunbreak's flagship edition, Melenzo in more details. So Melenzo is a fearsome elder dragon that's um, brought the king to the brink of ruin many times in the past. And it's a vampire inspired creation able to absorb the energy of living creatures as part of a bag of its bag of tricks. Now this manifest has a new blood blight attack in game, which sees players attempting to overcome the battle uh, to their life force. And if Melenzo succeeds during battle, he'll evolve in, into a much more powerful form. On there, other monsters that have been confirmed to be making an appearance in Sunbreak include uh, Seregios, which is the flagship monster of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. On here, um, additionally, players can expect new subspecies, including an Aurora Sumnacanth on here, which has uh, freezing breath and can slide al along on ice. And the Magma Alamudron, which uh, lives in lava caverns and can dig into ground on there. So, and of course, uh, monsters that debuted in Rise also are getting a little bit of a rework for Master Rank on here. And Capcom was highlighting Bird Wyvern Echnosum as an example, noting it will gain a new backstep and somersault attacks to give it more combo potential for those hunters on there and of course one thing that uh, capcom's introducing for this expansion is that they do have for solo players uh, npc characters that can come along with you to battle along with you on that oh, that's in nice. case as companions yeah are referred to as followers these all have their own weapon specializations and can recover a player's health place traps and sometimes even even ride monsters and there's exclusive rewards to be gained by taking them out into the field are they cats? There, so. are, they re are they actually other hunters? Other hunters, yeah. Well, that's just terrible. <laughs> I know. We you could probably still take your cat and your palamute out there as well. So, but, it's annoying. Yeah. So just, Our poor babies ain't got no jobs no more. So you, got, you got more support characters, so. Boo. But, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, um, I guess they have a new switch skill swap function on here, which uh, they talked about too as well, which is going to enable players to register two attack loadouts to use during a quest on here. And it gives you an option to deploy synergized attacks if the two are deployed at the right moment on there. And then there's a new swap evade ability, which enables players to quickly change position while switching sets on there. So it sounds like to me, there's a lot of, quality of life improvements on here. Uh, they also stated, yeah, for quality of life that there's adjustable control options, the ability to go into wall runs without needing to deploy a wire dash first, and then giving players an option to pick whether to attack or mount monster when it enters a rideable state on there. So, so all of this is going to be available with the Sunbreak expansion, which is going to be out both on Switch and PC on June 30th. On there, wait, wait, wait. Uh, it's coming at the same time. There, there's, there's no wait between Switch and PC this time. No, they're coming out oh. the same day, day and date. Yeah, 
Well, that's nice. Yeah. I think all the DLC has caught up for um, the PC version of Rise. So, yeah, they're coming out. And then uh, also, too, for people that own Monster Hunter Stories 2 on the Switch or on Steam, we'll also be able to unlock some costumes on there for use in Sunbreak. That's awesome. On there, so... So, and Capcom says they're going to be launching several free updates for those who purchased the new expansion. Uh, with more details about that at a later date on there. So, I am thinking, you know, I'm going to definitely buy this on Switch, but I was thinking about possibly picking this up on PC as well, you know, especially with my Steam Deck, you know, coming sooner than later. And since I've been playing a lot of Destiny on Steam as well, I don't know if any of you two are thinking about buying for PC as well. Uh, I was. I was actually thinking about buying it for PC and seeing how it looks uh, with PC. Um, seeing how it looks on PC, because I do not know how it looks on PC. So part of me was like, hmm, you know, what what, what, what can this look like on PC? So um, I was thinking about it. So yes, I might be joining you, Joe. Well, I'm thinking about it. The thing about it is I might download the demo for Rise on PC because the demo is available in the same demo we played before the Switch game came out. Okay. And just to see how it looks on Steam and looks with, you know, quote unquote, enhanced graphics or whatnot. Well, so. yeah, I want I think that's a really good idea because I hadn't thought about that. And, and doing it that way is probably a lot smarter than just, you know, buying it sight unseen without looking at it. So downloading the demo does sound like a much a much uh, smarter way to do it. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, we'll see if it's multiplayer. Maybe me and you can get together and play a little like, well, it, demo multiplayer. Who knows? I'm sure it is. I mean, I, I'd be weirded out if it wasn't like if you couldn't play it multiplayer because that's like a big component of the game. So no, I'm talking about the demo. That's what I mean. But yeah, I would think the demo would would allow you to play multiplayer. Like I think that would be silly if it didn't. For me anyway, I'm just be like, well, the game is multiplayer. You should be able to experience demo in its fullest multiplayer being a part of that an aspect of that so, so i hope i hope so this is going to at least uh, for me it's going to be a day one get on switch and possibly on pc so what about you kev are we uh going back to rise i know you're, you're kind of hesitant previously about it a little going bit, so. back to rise rise <laughs> rise i'm going back to rise mm, kevin don't, don't think so i don't think so uh no it's um <laughs> I'm a world guy, you know, it's, it's, that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, I rise just, just did not capture me the way world did. So I'll probably check it out. I don't know if the thing is, is that if I get it on, if I get it on PC, I'm just going to do whatever kind of quick, you know, get you caught up ism they do. Whether it's you know you know, are, get this free armor to raise your stats or whatever. I, I I think they've done that before. So if they do something like that, I'll just pick up and continue on. I'm not going to replay from the base game on PC. I'm I'm just not going to do that. Uh, if I do get it, then if I do get it on on Switch, then I'll just continue on where I left off. So I'll probably just take my cue from you guys and uh if y'all wind up playing it on pc then i i guess that's where i'll go but if i do go to pc i'm not going to restart that game over again and and if it's one of those things where you have to restart 
to get your character up and, and you know I'll, <laughs> it'll just be one of those things that's just on the back burner understood yeah i know a listener of the show ren uh probably i think he said he was going to double dip too so mm. so we'll have to see how things go with all that business but uh color me excited i want to play more monster Hunter. it's been a bit on there so we'll, we'll talk about definitely more uh once it's uh, getting ready to get launched towards the end of june you know that and uh world slayer for outriders coming out the same day i mean i'll have to carve some time maybe i'll have to take a day off of work who knows so there you go it's right before uh fourth of july so there you go be part of my fourth of july weekend i'll celebrate freedom with monster hunter <laughs> Rise, play freedom, and uh, you know, should, World should Slayer, so Monster Hunter Freedom, Freedom Unite, yes, Freedom Unite, Freedom, Freedom. <laughs> and that's the news. No more news. <laughs> and also, before I know, you, I'm gonna kick it back to you. Um, mention the fact that we do have our Thursday evening game nights for gaming vessels, so we do get together on uh discord and we do converse our game nights are on uh thursdays 6 p.m pacific time 9 p.m eastern time on there we try to make it by the time you know sometimes you know it's just got other things uh, you know like i think last thursday i was like making food so i just this actually no, i went to the grocery store god <laughs> i'm trying to remember what happened i wound up uh you know, playing Destiny with Chase, and uh, I think all I ate for dinner uh, because I just came back from the grocery store was like two, two sticks of beef jerky and a protein bar. <laughs> so, yummy. I know. I had plenty of protein that way I could like you know survive the banner, the banner. But uh, yeah, we do get together. Feel free to join Discord. Uh, we do, you know, you could you could be like shopping for groceries. You could like do whatever. Just join us on Discord for the conversation, if need be. But uh, we look forward to talking with you. Maybe playing the same game as you. I know John BT talked about playing some Outriders. We haven't had a chance to hook up just yet, but we're open for our community and whatever you guys want to play out there. So definitely join us for our game night. So. All righty, all righty. So before we close out the show, I want to send another uh, very special shout out to those who participated in our main event. Special thank yous go out to Will D, Hoodie Ninja, and Glove Box. No, you know him from Bad Father Figures and the 40 cast. Yes, we're still working on getting scheduling so that uh, Glove Box can join us on Gaming Vessels. For a little chat, a little interview, uh, y'all check out his YouTube channel. It's very good. He's, you know, he's he's old school, like we are. Enjoys video games, and uh, I think you'll find a lot to like about his YouTube channel. YouTube channel. So, shout out to you three fine folks for participating in our main event. Because as I always say on every episode, there's a million and one things you could be doing. A million and one podcasts that you could be listening to we appreciate the time that you've taken to give us a listen interact with us uh on our main event questions and uh hit us up on our discord uh because without y'all we'd just be three old dudes yapping into the internet ether 
and that's on the reel. Um, contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email you want to use. If you've heard something you want to respond to or if you yourself would like to be on our show and get your opinions on the wonderful world of gaming out to those who listen to our show, feedback is going. needs to go to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at gamingvessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. On our Twitter page, you will find a link to our Discord server. If you dig what we put, what we do here on the show, I would highly encourage you to check out our Discord server. Lots of interaction, lots of discussion, uh, news posts of the gaming news of the day, um, all the things that you would expect to find on any other social media platform that's talking about games without the dumpster trash uh, nonsense that seems to plague uh, the better part of uh, the most part of social media these days. Uh, our our uh, Discord server is not a echo chamber. We have variants of opinion, variants of thought when it comes to the wonderful world of gaming. And uh, everybody is treated with respect. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of good discussions out there. So I would highly encourage you to check us out on our Discord server. You, again, you can find it on our Twitter page at Gaming Vessels or whatever podcast aggregate you use to download this show. Individually, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff 71 that's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. At the end, PlayStation Network, I am Shonuff7. Same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox Live, I am Shonuff071. Same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam, I am Shonuff71. Same spelling as originally. And my Switch friend code is 76582155-3309. So, Des, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? Get me on Twitter at the Nemo Six. That's T H E N E M O S I X, and you can get me on um, PSN, Steam, Xbox Live at Nemo Tigger. That's N E M N E M O T G G R. And my Nintendo friend code is five two eight zero six six seven four four five one nine. And as always, uh, if you message us, please let us know how you found out about us, uh, mission the show, or something. As you would like to talk to people, not bots. They know what they did. Uh, Joe, where can folks find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me on PlayStation and also on Steam and Twitter under the handle Jabroni Chief. You, you, J A B R N J A B R O N I C H I E F. Xbox, you can find me, same handle. 374 at the end. Nintendo friend code is 4712-5953-1409. All right, all right. So, folks, that's going to bring episode 170 to a close. Once again, thank you all for checking us out. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High Res Hater, a.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy. Ew. <laughs> and for Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Also, also known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuff71, aka Digadulamite. Purple bling bling. Y'all.
And we're saying we'll be back next week with a new show, episode 171 in your auditory canals. Peace.